We're now proceeding with uh, our next panelist. Uh, we started with uh, a panel on the Greek banking system and financial services. We had a presentation on the new proposal by the Bank of Greece on NPLs. And now we have uh, uh, our panel that will focus on the NPL uh, issue. Uh, we have a great panel with us, uh, comprised of major participants in this industry, in this uh, sector, both as investors and also as servicers and uh, market participants. I will uh, turn it over. I will uh, to Mr. Potamitis, um, the managing partner of Potamitis Vekris, uh, who is going to moderate the panel and he's going to introduce the panelists. Thank you to all for being with us. Thank you, Nico. Uh, my name is uh, Stathis Potamitis, and it's my great pleasure to uh, moderate the panel on the NPL market. We have a truly stellar panel, and I'll introduce them in a moment. Uh, the panel will focus on a few critical issues relating to the NPL progress and outlook, ways to improve the market, the experience of investors, and uh, their expectations. One significant recent change in our framework is the, uh, that is likely to impact the NPL market is the introduction, effective opposite of the coming year, of a new streamlined insolvency framework. The new framework is expected to speed up recoveries and create a greater predictability as to outcomes. We will also look at the real estate market uh, and on the anticipated impact on the NPLs, on secured NPLs specifically, the panel will also discuss the experience of investors to date and investment opportunities in Greek NPLs going forward. We will also discuss ways to deal with uh, liquidity needs of the market uh, and various ways to do that. Um, um, the, uh, we will focus on five topics. Um, starting with uh, George Georgiakopoulos uh, on the impact of the new insolvency framework. Of course, the rest of the panel will uh, share their views as well. Uh, George is the managing director of Interim Hellas and a member of the group management team of Interim. And previously he served as an executive board member of Piraeus Bank. Uh, George. Stati, thank you. Good afternoon to everybody in, uh, in uh, the audience and thank you for making the time to join in. Look, I think uh, it is one of the big rare successes, this new piece of legislation that uh, we have in our market regarding insolvency. Uh, I think I would describe it simply as a very big step forward for the market and a significant, to start with, a significant structural, structural uh, reform. Interestingly, I think it is benefiting all participants in the market. First of all, the broader economy to start with, and I will, I will explain why. Debtors, creditors, and investors. And let me say a bit more why I'm so positive about it. And as a practitioner now in the NPL market in particular. Now, first of all, regarding the broader economy, the big thing about the big thing about the new piece of legislation is that it is holistically dealing with private debt. It is dealing with uh, and abolishing a number of dated pieces of legislation. It's giving us a clean view and a clean state of affairs on uh, 
how we can uh, move forward is introducing a number of uh, i think innovative tools like out of uh, court uh, settlements and the same for preventive purposes which i think is eventually a very very good thing for uh, the market is introducing a number of tools that give speed and shorter uh, deadlines is enhancing market transparency is introducing a number of ways in a number of ways flexibility and you know interestingly and importantly it is opening the economy and redirecting productive investments where they should be or it is facilitating the channeling of productive investments uh, where it makes most uh, sense is dealing finally i think uh, with the so-called zombie companies rather effectively or giving the tools for us to deal with them rather effectively which should act as a catalyst and rejuvenator for the whole market practically now speaking about debtors about investors about creditors regarding creditors i think this is where the biggest steps forward probably are taking place first of all is giving a clear and true second chance to debtors to borrowers because at the end of the day they can take the right steps go through the procedure and uh, change the page do a new fresh start without the baggage of the old uh, debt that would follow them otherwise in another disproportionate uh, manner simply the very fact that they do not have the debt necessarily following them forever and they can get rid of it in an organized fashion through a clear and transparent process is a very very positive tool for uh, debtors at the same time is addressing i think in the very right way the issue of protection of the vulnerable we would all agree that we need the vulnerable segments of the population to be protected and what i think the law does very well is protecting them in the right way specifically what it does is it allocates state subsidies to protect the right to live in a property which is actually the right that indeed the law should be protected but not the right to ownership so at the same time is protecting the rights of the creditors it helps the market to continue functioning but it is effectively protecting as it should uh, vulnerable vulnerable uh, population and this is true the mechanism of a of an entity buying at auctions uh, assets of vulnerable distressed uh, borrowers coming now to the creditors is a new it will be i think a whole new world for uh, creditors because you know practically many more tools even more so by the way in cases of corporate debt in the hands of uh, uh, creditors who can out of the court in the first place be able to offer viable solutions in a fast efficient manner but if this does not work the creditors can move much faster to recovery and tackle very effectively i think with new tools for example access lifting of banking secrecy and uh, fiscal uh, situations tackle effectively strategic defaulters so really new tools and uh, for the for the creditors as far as investors now are, are concerned and i would say you know two different types of investors let's say investors first of all in npls 
certainly the benefit from all I described earlier regarding the new tools in the hands of uh, creditors. So better tools for faster recoveries and, and better uh, and more reliable returns. But I think there will be a new type of investor who may well benefit from the new uh, law regarding second chance and uh, bankruptcy framework. And this is equity investors, because we think that the new framework will facilitate consolidation in the market, a well-known ill and weakness of the Greek economy and the Greek uh, market structure, which of course will need fresh new capital and significant opportunities to new equity investors. At the same time, if you see the state a bit as an investor in the new securitizations, because the state is providing a state guarantee for the securitizations, the state will benefit because it has all the advantages in reality and all the economic benefits a creditor may have. And therefore, I think as an implicit investor in those securitizations would have a benefit as well. The only thing is not going to be plain sailing. It is demanding to go and reach the implementation. It is a very complex piece of work between now and implementation. Gives me though quite a bit of positive uh, uh, aspect and, and quite a bit of confidence that we are going to be successful. I see the Ministry of Finance and the Minister of Finance himself committed to drive it through and deliver it. And from what I know, all the market participants really will, willing to work uh, hard on it. If there is a soft deadline to implement it, which is before Easter, this may be a bit ambitious, but I think we need a bit ambition to drive a significant structural reform like this one forward. So indeed, I'm very positive, but practically recognize that we have the last mile to get to, get to the end of it. Thank you very much, George. Um, do others want to uh, uh, comment, please? I think, Stas, if somebody were to make a comment, that would be you. <laughs> I, 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 I have to admit I'm extremely biased, <laughs> having contributed to it. But uh, I, I'm delighted to hear what George has to say, because I also share his sense that this is a very significant uh, structural reform. And I expect it's going to help the market a lot, especially the, the market in, in loans. Okay, well, on that note, perhaps uh, Costa, we can turn to you uh, on the real estate angle. Uh, Costas uh, Karagiannis brings 23 years of professional experience in finance. He is currently an operating partner in, of Apollo, covering private equity, credit, and real estate investments. So on to you, Costa. Thank you, Stathi. Uh, and it's, uh, I, I want to express my appreciation here today. Uh, so the real estate market in the context of the MPLs, that's, uh, I'm not going to say this is a million dollar uh, question, but that's a big elephant in the room. So let me begin by saying that 2020 has not been the landmark year for the Greek MPL market that everyone was expecting at the end of 2019. 
At the end of 2019, we had a resilient real estate market and the conditions were extremely favorable for the further deleveraging uh, uh, of the banks in, in MPLs, mainly through sales and the securitization schemes that are taking place. Uh, in 2019, Greece had experienced the highest inflow of foreign direct investment since 2000, approximately 1.2 billion euros in real estate investments just in 2019, while uh, mar the market was, you know, had found a very positive uh, momentum. Uh, we experienced the compression of headline gross yields from uh, for prime commercial real estate assets to range between 6.5 and 8%. Uh, which embedded price increases of 10 to 15%. That was at the end of 2019. And that's exactly the point when the COVID pandemic hit with the uh, subsequent very sharp recession, which is very likely to create a new generation of NPLs and has already resulted in the flattening of real estate prices in a much softer real estate market, at least uh, so far which, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a vicious circle that in turn impairs the reduction of MPLs by the banks. It's a catch-22 uh, type of thing. Um, what we experienced so far in 2020 is a limited activity in terms of transaction. My best uh, guess, my best estimate, it's not a guess, is that the, the transaction volumes have been anywhere between 500 to 700 million euros. Um, including uh, involving mainly the conclusion of deals that were at an advanced stage. While in terms of market dynamics, I will just indicatively, sorry, indicatively uh, say that uh, tenant related problems have resulted in lease renegotiations at lower levels as expected and transaction yields have picked up. So that's a snapshot of the market. Now, if somebody were to ask, you know, what is to expect going forward I don't think there is an answer that fits all as dynamics significantly differ among the various real estate market uh, sectors. Take the office um, uh, sector, for example. Pre-pandemic, people may have felt uh, slighted in the suggestion of a video conference rather than to a face-to-face -face meeting. Post-COVID, people will assess whether a business meeting is necessary at all or if the same can be, uh, objective can be achieved virtually. In this direction, we've entered a new era. In this direction, we will be going into uh, the office uh, less often, and companies will look at real estate differently, while office space will need to be uh, redesigned. For example, we can expect um, office share schemes between uh, companies, where two companies uh, share the same space, by uh, letting their employees come in on different days of the week. One would think, uh, isn't that a threat for the, uh, for the office uh, segment of the market? Yeah, this couldn't be perceived as a threat, uh, but the fact that there is rising employment in other sectors, such as e-commerce or uh, cyber IT uh, security, may in fact increase the demand for office space, especially um, in the Greek situation, where the supply of stock is very limited. There's not enough stock of, you know, grade A uh, office buildings around, and there is no new construction, at least in the near term. Having said all that, I think all, the, all these uh, facts are supportive that 
the uh, to the fact that the um, to the potential that the office sector will bounce back swiftly um, post COVID. On the other hand, the shift from retail to e-commerce has already increased the demand for warehouse space and logistics. These are the star performance logistics apps. These are the star performance of the real estate market this year. Uh, and this could drive the repurposing of existing retail networks uh, or ancillary buildings. In other words, owners will start thinking, do I really have use for this as a retail space or could I reconvert it, repurpose it to something else to support an e-commerce um, uh, activity? This is something uh, we're going to be dealing with, not just in Greece, but everywhere in Europe and the US. So the shift to e-commerce and the national lockdowns have seriously impacted the retail sector. Recovery prospects in the immediate term are weak, they're bleak. Uh, and they need to, they would need to be assessed within the new social context that is emerging from the pandemic. The hospitality sector, you know, I'm just, you know, trying to focus on the three main sectors of commercial real estate, um, office, retail, and hospitality. Hospitality is a case on its own. While it has indeed been severely impacted, it certainly has the potential for a rapid turnaround as return to normalcy is gradually achieved with all the vaccination programs. Most likely 2022 onwards. Uh, I don't think we're gonna see many exciting things in 2021. However, they, I have to say that the investor community is reflecting on the new shape that things are taking. For example, uh, it is very likely that there will be high demand for exclusive type of secluded hotel uh, uh, properties away from the mass tourism um, you know, one size fits all, you know, uh, traditional, you know, holiday spots that we've seen in the past. Uh, in this uh, direction, hotel properties would need to be repositioned, rebranded, uh, and there's going to be CapEx investments that will be uh, required. So is there going to be a rush in hotel investments? Uh, it's not going to be a rush. It's going to be very carefully uh reviewed, uh, but the market is very much there. So we should expect activity. Um, let me conclude by uh, drawing from the Chinese language where the word crisis has two letters. Uh, one signifying danger and the other signifying opportunity. This crisis, this COVID-19 crisis, especially in the Greek market, only magnifies the opportunities that exist uh, in the market. What we're looking at here is a market that is coming out of a prolonged 10-year crisis with price levels, even at the end of 2019, you know, the soft factors of this year, uh, price levels well below their historical highs, and most importantly, substantial disparities in comparison to other European markets. Um, this type of disparities, this type of dislocation certainly have caught the eye of uh, international institutional investors. And as much as they're looking at other markets, I think Greece will very much stay in focus for the international investor community. Thank you very much, Costa. Um, uh, in the interest of time, perhaps we can uh, move now to Chris Linkers. Um, speak about the experience of investors. Uh, we already have one question, but perhaps we'll save it for the end. Um, uh, Chris is the uh, co-head of European Credit at Fortress, as well as the co-head of European NPL Strategy at Fortress. He's a Greek-American uh, based in London, 
Chris, it's up to you. Thank you, Staffy. Uh, look, following uh, following Costa, uh, I wanted to speak a little bit about um, what I see as the chief challenge, really, for for Greece as it relates to MPLs, and that's the lack of liquidity uh, in the real estate market. Um, after the great financial crisis, and really, I think up until COVID, um, we saw um, low volumes in in the real estate market. We saw uh, a lack of transactional data, and that that's really difficult and provides challenges and barriers for for foreign investors. Um, we have no central land registry in Greece and comparable information can be difficult to get and it's in Greek. Um, so these are difficult um, for, for, for foreign investors. On the other hand, um, on the, in the NPL space, the e-auction platform for foreclosures uh, is in place and functioning. It's not functioning precisely now with the COVID, but um, that aspect is, is working. And as we know, uh, it splits the auction proceeds uh, 65% to the secured, uh, up to 25 for the super seniors and the government, and up to 10 uh, for the unsecured. So that's so that's in place. But what we need um, is we need more bidder activity on the far end of those auctions. And um, I looked recently at the 2019 auction data, and I just want to touch on it. Uh, in 2019, there were 23,000 auctions, and there were 1,200 uh, which traded to third parties. So 23,000 auctions, 1,200 making their way um, into the hands of third parties who are paying cash. So 5%, 95% uh, of the time, the bank is retaining the risk. So in addition to the 5%, another 25% the bank's taking onto its balance sheet as, a, as an REO, as a real estate owned. So a total of 30% uh, that are effectively clearing in the auctions. That compares to about 75% in other countries like, like Spain and Italy. So this, the success rate here is just too low. There's not enough real bidder activity and there's too many fruitless auctions. I know picking up on, on what Costa said in the months preceding COVID, there were some green shoots. Uh, there was buoyancy in the market. Uh, there was more investment activity. The sales volumes were up. We saw the prices up and rental activity up. And actually the auction pace was up uh, markedly in those months compared to the prior months. And there was also improvements in terms of advertising, broker network, uh, efforts regarding the, the central cadastral information, and also legislation around um, illegal construction and what that means for, for investors, that, 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 that type of thing. But I think when you cut through it, really what needs to happen uh, in Greece, I think we need to get back to those months pre-COVID where investors are seeing other investors making money. Uh, that's what I saw in Spain in 2013 with the Sareb and in other countries. It's like priming the pump uh, and investors really take note, foreign investors buying from domestics and vice versa, and it starts a snowball. That's what I think uh, Greece needs to get back to. Lending begins to take shape first opportunistic lending, and then specialty lending, and then eventually the banks getting back into the business, having cleaned up their MPLs. So that's my, that's my thought in terms of, you know, what, what Greece needs to do to get back to, um, back to investment. Thank you very much, Chris. Um, uh, so Doria Sanasopoulou, perhaps you want to uh, address the question of liquidity more specifically. 
Sodoris is the <clears throat> has served as an executive general manager of Alcobank. And since this year, he is also serving as the CEO of uh, Sepal Hellas. Sodori, it's uh, your turn. Thank you. Thank you, Stafi. Uh, well, uh, I think uh, Chris touched upon uh, the most important thing on resolving of MPLs, and this is liquidity. So in Greece, as we always say, uh, uh, we are running a marathon with MPLs, and but structurally, we now we go to the service and notion starting a few years ago, and only from last year we actually do have services in the market. Uh, we've seen portfolio sales actually taking place in the last two or three years. And what we see as NPL reduction so far is actually a deconsolidation from the bank's uh, balance. And we have not seen the resolution going forward. So for the resolution to start uh, and for uh, the problem to be resolved, which is a macro problem from this, we do need... Uh, healthy and viable instructions, but we do need the real estate market functioning because NPL valuation and NPL resolution is linked 100% with the real estate market. And we also need to see liquidity in general in the market. I think Kostas, Karajanis and Chris can confirm that whenever an investor is building up a business plan by NPLs, he also looks at value, at real estate, but the an investor always then embeds into his valuation and to his business plan the ability of certain borrowers uh, to be after a few years in a position to refinance investors out. And NPL investors, uh, they do have different investment horizons than the banks. Uh, so what they offer in the market is expertise. They offer, offer fair valuation, but investors usually require, or almost all the time required, accelerated payments. They, they might be in Greece for a longer term, but NPL funds, they do have a specific investment horizon. For this uh, bid ask between borrowers, which is their ability to restructure the debt and real estate investors and timing bid ask, as I call it, and uh, NPL investors to close, we do need a functioning refinancing market. And in Greece, we do not have, apart from the real estate market, which we opt to pick up, we do not have a functioning uh, refinancing market. So uh, the next thing that we're going to be seeing in the NPLs uh, for the resolution to actually take place is someone who will gradually assist either from the private equity industry uh, uh, the same way that Mr. Karamozis will be elaborating afterwards, or from challenger banks, the ability of third-party funds, the ability of borrowers who can repay the requested amount of debt from investors, but they need more time, we will be requiring to see this new liquidity come into the market to close this uh, timing asynchrony. The Hercules program, given that this is a leverage transaction, addresses that partially, uh, but we also have other types of transactions that need this assistance. So I think uh, liquidity in the market in a concentrated from the banking system market and uh, liquid real estate market are the 
other ingredients that we need on top of the structural reforms, on top of the new composition of the market from dedicated players and following uh, investors who are coming in. So last year we were talking, uh, I remember George in the US uh, announcing the transaction and the exemption of into Elas. This year we can talk about a functioning servicing market. Uh, I hope that next year we'll be talking that the other ingredient, which is liquidity, will also become a If we have that, we will actually be seeing the true resolution in uh, which will follow the current status, which is the consolidation from the banking balance sheet, from the banking system balance sheet. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, unless somebody has a, a comment to contribute at this point, we can move to Nikos Karamuzis. Uh, I understand he will be speaking about the prospects of the market and how to take advantage of uh, current opportunities from an investor perspective. Uh, Nikos is very well known. He is the chairman of Grant Thornton and the executive chairman of SME Remedium Cap. He has had a very distinguished career in the banking sector and indeed far beyond uh, the banking sector. Uh, Nico, uh, please take the floor. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, th th thank you very much, uh, Stathis, for your good uh, words. Last uh, February, uh, we concluded uh, a group of uh, colleagues. We uh, concluded the raising of 105 million euros to create the uh, SME Remedium Cup, which effectively is the first uh, mid-cap turnaround fund uh, in Greece. Um, we focus on uh, mid-sized companies uh, with turnover between 10 and 100 million euros. The average investment is between five and 15. And through our limited partners, we can participate in bigger deals. Um, effectively, we are looking to uh, restructure and transform business and financially mid-cap mid companies that they are either over-leveraged, either performing, or they have significant liquidity or capital uh, problems. We are not a minority participants. We are uh, aiming at acquiring control of those uh, companies. Um, this is a great opportunity in my view, because uh, there are 3,500 3, uh, uh, NPE companies, not open form exposures today in Greece, and um, uh, between 35% still after all these years of the corporate portfolio is classifying the banking books as NPE, so it's a it's a big uh, big chunk of uh, of, uh, of money, and I think this is a big opportunity. Um, we face a number of positive uh, positive factors in our work to invest in this type of companies. I would go through very 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 briefly. There are seven positive factors. A, this is a wide universe. It's a historic unique opportunity to select companies from a universe of 3,500 NPE companies. So you can select, uh, we intend to make uh, seven to 10 investment with the money we have raised. So historically it's a unique opportunity. 
COVID-19 uh, COVID is going to generate another five to eight uh, million euros, million euros of uh, corporate NPEs. Uh, there is enormous pressure on banks uh, to uh, clean their portfolios. And uh, also there is a positive development that they transfer the management of NPEs to professional companies like my colleagues here that uh, at market at market terms. So there's better terms to negotiate and conclude a deal. Um, there is a, a, a material improvement in the new insolvency framework and staff is, is, is instrumental in, uh, in, uh, in drafting and promoting uh, this, uh, this law. And this would uh, expect to speed up corporate recoveries and rehabilitation initiatives. There is a steady built up of provisions in the banking system, which is uh, bridges the gap between bid and offer prices when you try to price non-performing loans. Um, and um, uh, there is uh, the guarantees offered by the project Hercules on uh, the senior component of securitization, which facilitates the securitization of NPEs and the transfer of management to professionals, which is all things equal, is considered to be a better condition to do a deal. We can have more professional discussions um, uh, in this case. Now, there are nine negatives, very quickly. Uh, COVID-19 lockdowns have made negotiations very difficult with all stakeholders. You cannot buy a company from the video. Uh, there, these are family companies very sentimental, so our work has become very difficult and it's very difficult to put all stakeholders together and try to get, uh, to get an, an, an agreement. So cooperation still is an issue. There is a uh, significant delays in courts. Despite the recent improvement in the law that become effective January 1st, the recent restructuring took two years of a Northern Greece uh, food company, took two years to complete the, the restructuring, two years, and I'll say that three times because must be in the Guinness book. Um, and uh, auctions, which is a pressuring machine, uh, is being postponed until March, if I'm not mistaken. Unfortunately, uh, in my view, I don't offend anyone, uh, the, the price of collaterals in the banking books are inflated, my view. I hope I don't create any problems saying that, but this is my view. There is uh, incredibly low poor quality of corporate governance and financial accounting in the SME companies. And I hope, I hope soon the banks realize that this element must be one of the credit criteria. We cannot continue with this situation. The things I have seen on the other side now, I've been shocked uh, with the poor quality of the numbers. Um, there are still some loopholes in the bankruptcy law that allows old owners to delay decisions and, uh, and, and, and delay decisions. There is uh, un unrealistic expectations by the current corporate owners of non-performing or over-leveraged um, uh, companies. Uh, most of them, they feel they run Google. Uh, and so they, they expect that they would make a, a live payment um, uh, by, by selling their company. And obviously the recent programs uh, run by the government, supported by the government, provides a lot of liquidity even to NPE type companies and delays, uh, uh, delays the rehabilitation and restructuring process. Uh, they feel they have another opportunity and another hope 
to keep their company and, 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 and move, on, move on. Despite all this, the positives are, are very strong. I believe this is a unique opportunity. We are progressing despite the difficulties in several sectors, agribusiness, great opportunities, food, beverage, industrials, building materials, business services, transportation and logistics, uh, tourism, and leisure. And I close, say I'm reviewing now an investment in tourism. I've lost my list, whatever is left on my hair after I go on the due diligence list. And I saw the hotel how was operating for environmental uh, requirements to licensing the land to whatever. Uh, I, I was hours and then I tried to look a, a, a pill to relax because it was really amazing. It's an incredible situation. Um, it took, it takes, and I close with that, 22 documents to transfer a property today in Greece. 22 documents. It's, it's an amazing thing. Thank you very much and uh, I'm open to questions. Thank you very much, Nico, for this very lively presentation. Uh, uh, from what I see, we have one pending question. We have two minutes to go. Uh, and the question is very general and it is, is the NPL market here to stay? Do we have a reply to that? I think if I may say the NPL market is here to stay for quite some time for the very simple reason I think my, my colleague uh, Theodoros Athanasopoulos described before. The reality is that the NPLs in the billions and, and billions and tens of billions have been and are being deconsolidated from the banks, but they stay out there in the economy. So we need to reach a resolution to them. So the NPLs that we have in the market and the real economy today are pretty much the same as they were a couple of years back. What has changed in the balance sheet of the banks is good, but has not solved the problem of the economy. I think it's professional uh, servicing companies that are going to play a very positive role. The new tools and the new framework for handling them, the new bankruptcy law and pre-bankruptcy law is going to be helpful. And I think what uh, my colleagues mentioned before, the need for refinancing and new liquidity coming into the market and this is how we're going to see the resolution. And in the, in, the, in the new liquidity, I would include as well the need for equity investment that uh, Nikos Karamous has described. Well, okay. uh, start, start it, if I may, I would just like to add to what George said. Um, not only is the fact that we have a lot of uh, stock to resolve and potential new flows, uh, but I also think that we have to bear in mind when looking at the NPL sector that the banking sector is changing. And in essence, uh, globally, uh, what we used to see in the Greek banks and in most of the banks that they were resolving NPL with smaller groups within them dependent on the, on the economic cycle, this is a change. So we do have the problem and we do see these mega transactions and then services come into the market. But in essence, this is also a part of the changing banking system whereby this type of operation will not be, for, be performed in the future in the banks. So it's also uh, a transformation of the banking uh, system as well. Okay. Except for that, on, on what Fadoris uh, is saying, uh, I think he's very right, but... Uh, this is conditional to having a well-functioning market. And as Chris said, right now we have a hugely problematic auctions market. Uh, it's not just the absence of bidders, 
it's the absurdity of certain, uh, you know, tick the box uh, operations. Uh, like for example, even when you have a successfully concluded auction, and in spite of the fact that there's a waterfall uh, that pays out um, creditors, this will still be challenged by social security um, uh, authorities because they want to tick off the box. That's one of the uh, sad little details. Going back to liquidity, there's a stark difference between the Greek market and the Cypriot market where we have transacted as well. There you have a very well-functioning banking market that actually provides liquidity. There's ample liquidity and makes it easier for discounted payoff solutions. Uh, I would, the experience here so far for us has been, I don't know, 20, 22% DPOs in, in Cyprus, it's way over 50%. Uh, so this, this would be the critical factors that can actually you know, change things around. Great, great. Uh, thank you all very, very much for this uh, extremely interesting panel. I understand we're invited to the uh, chat room uh, to address more questions. Uh, thank you all very much. I can also see Nicholas. Yes, I reappear. <laughs> okay, thank you. All up to you now. Thank you to everybody. You know, this is uh, one of the key topics, the NPL topic. So thank you very much, uh, Staffy, for uh, moderating so expertly. And thank you, Christopher, Theodore, George, Nikos, and Constantine. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye, guys. Good night.